Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 95. That is five from 100, in case you were really bad at math, <laughs> which you're probably not. Um, yeah, so welcome to the blogcast. Thank you for listening. And today um, we have a blog. I'm not quite sure. I feel like this one, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I think about it. <laughs> Honestly, it's one of those where I started it and like I was really passionate about it at the beginning. And then I just was like, okay, I just have to get this one out. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. I just like, Anyway, we'll see. You, I would be curious. No one has seemed to like this one so far, so maybe it's just one of those that's kind of a rehashing of, of old things that I've already said. Sometimes that happens, like where I'm just like restating something in a different frame, especially since I've now been blogging for almost a decade, which is crazy. Um, yeah, so that's also, that, that anniversary is also coming up, but that'll be in the fall, though. So I'll get to 100 episodes before I get to... Um, my 10th year of blogging. Uh, but anyway, this uh, is called Everything Interesting Happens at the Edges. I remember reading about this concept in a book or a magazine or publication of some kind. I wish I could remember what the book or magazine was or who wrote it, but the memory is just at the edge of my consciousness. The way the beach is at the edge of the sea the way the spaces between us are the places that intrigue. The way disparate parts meet each other somewhere. The way the edge of a bubble is what is vulnerable to popping. The margins, the edges, the fringes are where we are drawn again and again. That is where the action is. I was thinking about this idea again while watching the first stages of the inspiring, intrepid Monica Byrne calling out large institutions of American theater. I could not help but imagine how the insiders of the American theater bubble would react and respond to her criticism. I thought, they'll label her an outsider, they'll question her credentials, They'll dismiss her as someone outside the bubble, throwing stones. They'll say she's only criticizing because the big institutions haven't produced her work. I have no idea if anyone actually said that or thought or whispered it in their boardrooms, but I have seen it happen before in theater and in many other arts and arenas. And it is why and how I am usually dismissed myself. So I'm pretty familiar with the pattern. Seeing it outside of my own experience, though, I started to understand that criticism usually has to come from the edges, from the margins. Those of us at the edges have much less to lose by telling truths. And to be clear, I think Monica is as much a theater artist as any of the major theaters that she has tweeted to, if not more so. But there is a very narrow band of insiders that I mean to point to, the ones with deep pockets and endowments. Before I quit being a teaching artist, I had a lot to say about the field and what I saw happening in arts organizations, but I did not feel free to share any of those things until I was prepared to give them up. My sense of freedom to say what I felt needed to be said was in direct proportion to how much I wanted and or needed to keep my jobs. That is, while I was an insider, it was not in my interest 
to directly confront or address any inequalities, injustices, or problems in the field. Inside, I was relatively powerless to point out things that needed change. It is not an accident that I started this blog around about the time that I realized I was not going to be enfolded into the arms of any theater establishment. I am able to say what I say because I am in the margins. I can almost guarantee that should, by some crazy miracle, one of my shows be suddenly snapped up by a major regional theater or a Broadway producer and whisked into rehearsal, that you'd be hearing from me on this medium a whole lot less. This would not be because I'd suddenly lose my brain or my interest in changing the system. It would be because A, I'd be busy in rehearsal, and B, it would not be in my best interest to compromise the one place in theater it might be possible to make a real living. Though you might hear a lot from me once it was all over. <laughs> this is why I'm blogging now. I'm in the theater bubble enough to be able to see it, but not enough to be risking my livelihood or relationships in talking about it. I'm not a complete outsider. I am a part of a theater community, but I'm on the periphery. And it is almost always the periphery that can point to real change or possibilities. If you're an institution, if you're on the inside and you don't know what to do to fix the status quo, look to the fringe. Look for who is missing, bring them in, and ask for their perspective. I've seen institutions try and make change from the inside. They ask employees to fill out surveys or do exit interviews. But those folks can never be fully honest. This is not because they lack honesty or awareness. This is because even if they're done working with a theater this time, they're thinking about next time or the way this gig might lead to the next. I have been honest at such things because I was asked to be and realized too late that honesty was not the savvy move. A while back, I wrote a post called The Woman in the Room, and it was about what it takes to stay on the inside, to tenaciously hold on to the little patch of ground one might have gained. It was for all my friends who were berating themselves for their complacency in the face of sexism in American theater. I said then, and I will say again, that if you are a woman on the inside of the establishment, and or anyone whose representation is negligible in the theater, you have to do what you have to do to stay there. We need an inside woman. We need you in there. Fight when you can while you're on the inside. Maybe gain some ground to bring more women and people of color, disabled people, transgender people, and non-binary people inside the establishment doors. Support those on the outside who were more able to fight for you and bring them inside when you can. And hang out at the edges. They are the most interesting places after all. They are where change is happening, where change is possible. So if you don't know Monica Byrne, she is um, uh, a digital friend of mine. I've never actually met her in person, but she befriended me after my blog post about uh, sexism in theater went viral a few years ago. Um, and she's been uh, just one of those people who is, is kind of fearless in calling out uh, sexist behavior and uh, harassment and all kinds of stuff. She's she's um, she's 
<laughs> it's actually really amazing. Um, and she and this thing that she's on now is is um, a, a sort of a campaign to make sure that those who are the perpetrators in American theater actually get named and aren't sort of, you know, talked about and around without actually uh, getting uh, directly confronted. So that's that's what that's what's going on there. Um, and she actually had some incredible success. Um, she was particularly aiming at getting a an article that was meant to be published, including an interview with her and several other women about their um, harassment experiences in the theater. And they were going to publish it without naming any names. And she has um, gotten the magazine to agree to actually publish it um, in full. So it was successful, her campaign, and extraordinary to watch her go at it. Um, yeah. So, and if you don't know Monica, she is a, she's had her most success as a, as a sci-fi writer actually. So her, her novel, The Girl on the Road, um, was just a delightful piece of work. Although delightful maybe isn't the best word because it's rather dark in a lot of places, <laughs> but the writing is just really, um, lush and visceral. So, um, if you like sci-fi, Monica Burns, The Girl on the Road, is my recommendation to you. Um, and for the song today, um, I'm recording this before I know what it is. So uh, hang on, I will tell you in a moment. So it's a day later. <laughs> no, it's two days later. I recorded this on Monday, now it's Wednesday. Um, yeah, so I. <laughs> the reason it's two days later is because I was trying to figure out what to put here, what song to put here. And uh, I didn't really have anything that really directly related to the content of this particular blog. And I also simultaneously realized that I would like to um, re-record some songs that I that I recorded, have, have recorded, I guess, over the last, I guess, 10 years or so. Um, so yeah, that's, so what, that's what I decided to do. Um, uh, but then I had to figure out which ones. So, uh, so the, this, this is the project. Um, so we will probably be hearing some more of these as time goes by. Um, but, uh, I recorded a friend of mine. Let me, I did not record a friend of mine. I recorded for a friend of mine. <laughs> I would love to record this friend, but, but no, I recorded, um, these songs for a friend of mine who had a, uh, a child, and she told me that she wished that I was there so I could sing lullabies to to her her son. Um, so I recorded. Uh, well, actually, first I asked her what which songs those would be, um, which which songs she would like to hear. Um, so I recorded those, and um, and then I wrote one for him. Um, so. Um, that the, so that it was probably four or five songs altogether. I think maybe the first round, six, um, and then of course you know in the last ten years has been the time where most of my friends are having having babies. Um, so not every friend has every friend's baby has received a song. I'm sorry to say, but a lot of them have. It's mostly because I I, I need to like be with them. I need to actually meet the kid. Um, cause these are for whatever reason, just very specific to the humans, 
and and specific to like the moment of engagement around going to sleep. Um, there is one that I wrote for someone who wasn't there, but I I heard enough about what was going on to be able to give it a little something. Anyway, this song is the very first of that project. Um, so um, I'm re-recording it because the sound quality is terrible. Uh, it was recorded, you know, in the built-in mic in my Mac. Um, so, uh, so, and, and, you know, the songs that I recorded just like singing directly into the mic with no guitar are fine. I mean, they're not great, but they're, they're not terrible. But the songs that I tried to like get both me singing and the guitar into the built-in mic, I don't know if you've seen a MacBook Pro, like the mic is the, the s- smaller than my pinky tip. It's so tiny. Um, and yeah, so they, the ones where I'm, I'm trying to like be heard by both the guitar and the voice, like they just, the sound quality is wretched. So I'm going to attempt to re-record a lot of those. Um, yeah, so, so that's what this song is. This is Sasha's song. And this was the first of many lullabies. That project beginning with, I think, you know, however many songs it was at the start has now sort of magnified at least times two. Um, So, yeah. Uh, So this is Sasha's song. It's safe to sleep now, Sasha. You can close your eyes. All the things you see will be here when you rise. All the things you want to learn, all the things for which you yearn will be there or they'll return. And when you sleep, your brain can synthesize all the stuff you know. You'll find you'll recognize the shapes of all your toes and the things that they can do, how they move inside your shoes, how to bring them close to you. Before you know it, you'll be dancing too. So it's safe to sleep now, Sasha. You can close your eyes, all the things you see will be there when you rise all the things you want to learn all the things for which you yearn will be there or they'll return and when you sleep your curiosity can go out and explore you'll find brand new velocity as you begin to soar through the layers of your dreams as you drink from crystal streams or take a bath in cool moonbeams and somehow figure out what all this means so it's safe to sleep now sasha you can close your eyes all the things you see will be there when you rise all the things you want to learn All the things for which you yearn will be there or they'll return. So now sleep, Sasha. Don't fight sleep. 
sleep surrounds you like mama's arms. So now sleep, Sasha, don't fight sleep, Sasha. Sleep surrounds you like mama's arms.